0: God bless you. If you have your Westover app or you have your Bible, open the app and if you have your Bible, go with me to Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're beginning a new series entitled Church Matters. And we're going to be on this series all month long, both on weekends and Wednesdays. Church Matters. I sometimes driving down the road, for example, on 1604, We'll hit a peak traffic time or there'll be a snag in traffic and traffic backs up. And instead of it being a 20-minute commute or a 15-minute commute, it turns into a 40-minute commute. You're going 10 miles an hour, bumper to bumper, pull up, stop, wait, pull up, stop. And when we're in that and you're realizing you're going to be delayed, you're frustrated and saying, oh, I wish wish they'd do something about the freeway. I wish... (coughs) whoever is up there, they just move on and clear it out of the way. And you kind of make that the the thing that kind of spoils your mood and your attitude. I don't know about you, but that happens with me. Until, until I come upon that road sign. And that digital road sign is announcing there's an Amber Alert. And then I realize... Right now, at that particular time, there is a family whose son or daughter, their child is missing. Maybe by some nefarious activity, maybe misplaced, maybe got lost, but right, right then, there is a family that's frantic. There are parents, their whole world has stopped, and, and everything else is, is secondary because the most important thing right now at that, for that family, is finding their child. And as I whisper a prayer when I see the amber alert, I'm reminded what really matters. My tra- measly traffic delay means nothing. What really matters in life? Sometimes we have to reset our priorities. For you see, the things that matter must never be at the mercy of the things that don't matter. And sometimes in life, the things that don't matter can kind of choke out, can kind of distract us, can kind of get us going a wrong direction. then all of a sudden, something comes and resets the priority in our heart and mind. I'm here today to tell you, I believe the church is essential. And all that's happening in life and all that's going on, I want you to know the Bible tells us the church is essential. The church matters. Now, I'm not talking about this building, and I'm not talking about an organization such as the Assemblies of God. What I'm talking about is the body of Christ. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus, by his blood, by his life, by his salvation, has brought us all into the family of faith, and we've had a making new experience, a salvation experience, and we are the church. See, the church is not something you go to. It's something you belong to. It's not a building, it's not a structure, it's not an event. The church is the body of Christ. Every one of us are a part and share in that. And this weekend I want to talk to us about this subject, the need to belong, the need to belong. You know there's a difference between going to church and belonging to a church. You're in church today. You say, I went to church. But not everyone that goes to church Feels like they belong in church and belongs to a church. And I'm not talking about a building or an organization. I'm talking about a body. Abraham Maslow, many of you psychology students are already tracking with me. He came out with what he called an, a hierarchical needs. And he, and he frames it and illustrates it with a pyramid. He said at the bottom of the pyramid are your very basic needs like food, shelter, and clothing. And we get that. Those are the very basic needs of life. But he says as you work up that hierarchical need, he said the next need you come to beyond just uh, food and clothing and safety, he said the next need everyone has is the need to belong. Everyone needs to feel like they're a part of a tribe, a family, a group. There is something that they feel like they need to be a part of and included in. Oh, that's, that we, we, we began to experience that when we, we go, began to move in adolescence. Every one of us went to this thing of our peer group, acceptance in our peer group, the need to belong. He went on to say you go all the way up that hierarchical need. He said at the very top is an experience he called self-actualization and really is nothing more than this. It's the sense of having purpose, feeling like you're whole, and feeling like your life has meaning. And according to Maslow... You will never find meaning, you will never get to the top of the pyramid unless you have an adequate experience of belonging. What I want to share with you is Abraham Maslow only discovered what the New Testament teaches us. For you see that same formula is in the New Testament. It's in the sense of belonging that we begin to express and discover God's purpose and God's giftings in our life and we become the person God intended us to be. Join me in Romans chapter number 12 verse 4 and 5. It says, for just as each one of us, each one of us, uh, each of us has one body. And he's using the analogy of a physical body. Each one of us has one body. You are a person. You have one body. With many members. You have two ears, probably two hands, two feet, ten toes. Many many members. He's using the analogy of a human body. But you're one person. You're one body, one person, but with many members. He goes on to say, and these members do not all have the same function. I get that. The hand has a different function than the ear, and the eye has a different function than the foot. So in Christ, verse number 5, so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. There has to be a sense of belonging. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 25 and following. So that there should be no division in the body. But each of its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. What is the scripture teaching? That not this building church... I'm talking about the spiritual body of Christ because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. You are in, I am in the body of Christ. Christ is the head and we function collectively, spiritually in the body of Christ. And we are members of that body. And there is a need to belong. We will never get to the place of full spiritual health and full spiritual fruitfulness, and f- unless we first have a sense of belonging, we belong to the body. And there are three thoughts I want to drop into our heart this morning from Scripture concerning the need to belong. Number one, I want to share with you, the church expresses God on earth. The church, again, not this building, the church expresses God on earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 27, we just read it. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. I hear people say from time to time, oh, pastor, I can see God in creation. A waterfall, the granite cliffs of the Rockies. I I can see creation and I'm caught by God's wonder and, and God's beauty. And that's all right, that's, that's perfectly normal, and I, I enjoy that as well. But can I tell you, God says how he's going to express himself on earth is the church. The church expresses, embodies Christ up on earth and to the community and those who do not know the Lord. For you see, God takes people of different backgrounds, different cultures, different ethnic expressions, different opinions different political persuasions, different temperaments, different sizes, different shapes, of all the differences and God brings them together and we all form one body with the allegiance to one name. One name unites us. One name draws us together. Some of you came from the north. Some of you came from the south, the east, the west, from different directions. Some of you migrated to the United States. Some of you were born in Texas. Some of you moved to Texas. We've all come together with backgrounds. Some are are blue-collar and white-collar. But what blends us together is one name and one person, Jesus. Because of Jesus, we're together. We are the church because of Jesus. We're not the church because of an organization or a card. We're the church because Jesus redeemed us and brought us together. And it's the church that expresses God in this earth now. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Today, and it was true yesterday, it'll be true tomorrow. In fact, this is going to be true every day this year, 365 days. There are 1,000 children today and every day this year. In third world countries such as Tanzania, Honduras, Haiti, around the world, that will be fed meals. Because Westover, one day last year, you gave a one-day offering. And in that one day, that one single offering... You are feeding a thousand children a day for an entire year. What we could not do individually, we can do as a body collectively. There is a dynamic, there is a power of coming together. In third world countries right now where children would have not had a, a sufficient, nutritious meal, they will have a meal today. Their, their body will be nourished. They will grow up strong and healthy. Why? Because west over one day we came together. And as the body of Christ, we did something we could not have done on our own. For you see, it's the church that expresses God in the world today. Number two, I share with you, we are not perfect self-included, but we are being perfected. We are not perfect, but we are being perfected. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for others. And here's what he's saying in verse 25. The body's not perfect. At times, there is division. At times, there are issues. At times, there is weakness and frailing. The, the body of Christ, us as individuals we are not perfect but we are being perfected and I think that's good news I hear people say from time to time the reason they don't go to church is it's full of hypocrites no we don't claim we don't claim to be perfect They're they're saying we claim to be perfect they accuse us of being holier than thou but that is not the truth every one of us we have fears and weaknesses we have shortcomings if I was to ask you, give me five mistakes and flaws you have in your life, you'd give me a list of ten. You ask me and I'd give you 15. All of us, we have areas that we would admit we are, we are not flawless. And here's the thing about the church. While we are not flawless, we are falseless. Think about that. We are not flawless, but we are Falseless and that's the mistake the world makes the world thinks that we claim to be perfect and flawless and we're not We are not perfect we are being perfected, but we embrace God's Word, God's truth, and we we believe in a falseless gospel. God's Word is truth. It applies to our life. What God said is true. I, my life, might disagree with the Bible. That means that the weakness is here. The failure is not with God's Word. God's Word is right. God's truth is established. God's Word is correct, but there may be shortcomings in my life, and I will admit that. But I aspire to become... Everything God wants me to be. The church matters. Why? Because the church brings out the best in us. That's right. The church brings out the best in us. We come to church, guess what? You walk away saying, I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better believer. I I want to be kinder. I want to be more caring. I I I I want to aspire to a goal. There'll be a message or you'll read, some, you read something in the church or somebody's story will say, you know what, I could achieve that. I could get my degree. I could do that. I could lead that. And something inside of you in the in the genesis of the creation and the gift that God put inside of you awakens and you say, I can become a better person. For you see, the church inspires us to be better. We never pray that things get worse. We don't pray that that the diagnosis will be a malignancy. No, we pray for healing. There's something innate in us that aspires for something better. And the church encourages that, and the church uh, cultivates and nurtures that in us. At Westover, we have a mission statement. It's two phrases, four words. The first one is making new. Would you say the second one with me? It's making great. We do not say made great. We do not say we've achieved. We do not claim that we have obtained it. We're not made great. We are making great. In other words, I'm going to make better decisions next week. I'm going to work harder at being a better parent next week. I'm going to aspire to do more next time. We are all in this journey of, making great we are not perfect but we are being perfected number three I share with you God designed every one of us to need others some of this this is hard for some of us to deal with we're kind of self-sufficient and that goes along with men that's 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 a male thing guys we we don't we don't want to need others we want to say I can handle it a man will say he can handle it when his wife knows he cannot handle it, okay? And when she tells you when you've tried to handle it yourself and you didn't handle it, and she says that's all right, she's really saying blockhead if you would have just listened to me to begin with. That's what she's saying in her mind, but she tells us, oh, that's all right, you did your best. Guys, we want to we wanna handle it on our own, but the Bible tells us we need one another. What does Scripture tell us here? Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So the question is, the question is here, where are you? What really, what really matters? And he uses the analogy of the body. And let me share with you. It's, It's almost like God in his wisdom, he built the human body to teach us a lesson. There's things, there's three things you cannot do for yourself. Yeah, that's right. Three things you cannot do for. For example, God built the body. Said, so God has built us so we cannot scratch our back. Yeah. Have you ever noticed where your back scratches is where you can't reach it? Have you noticed that? You try to Have you ever hurt yourself trying to sh- scratch your back? you're trying to reach it and you pull something then you go to work the next day oh it was a football injury (laughs) and all you did is you pulled something I can't scratch that I just can't reach that area so you get up there to the door or I tell Denise said, Denise help me right there no a little bit lower oh that oh baby that's it that's it and Denise yeah she goes out in the front lawn and gets on the tree and just kind of does that you know she just scratch her back uh You can't scratch your back. You know, you can't pat yourself on the back. Somebody else has to pat you on the back. God has built the human body where we can't pat ourselves. You can't watch your back. God has made the head where it can't turn around. He could have done that, but He's teaching you and I a lesson. You need somebody to watch your back. You ever try to watch your back? It disappears. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? God designed us where we need others. So what really matters? What really matters? I was flying to San Antonio here recently. I had to fly into an airport and catch a flight into San Antonio, so I had a layover, a little short layover, so I went to the gate waiting for the flight. As I was waiting there, there was stormy weather outside, and they said at the gate, looks like through the storms that our, our flight's going to be about two hours uh, delayed in taking off because they've just, they've got storms moving. And I said, well, two hours, well, I'll just get something to eat. So the gate area is here, and I noticed there's a restaurant over here. So I'll just stop over there and get something to eat. So I went over there and sit down in a table. The tables were kind of out in the main walkway in the airport, and I sat down at the little table, pulled up the chair opened the menu, ordered my water and said I'll take those $14 beef nachos. Those $14 nachos okay. So I'm waiting for my nachos here about 15-20 minutes the nachos came and I'm telling you just as the nachos come here's what I hear at the gate flight is now taking off everybody move to the area and now I'm in a dilemma. What really matters? okay?" <laughs> I've got $14 nachos, and I've got a flight home to go see Denise tonight. $14 nachos. Nachos or my niece? Nachos or my niece? And all of a sudden I think, if I leave the nachos, Denise will meet me at the front door with a rose in her mouth. blazing red nail polish she'll be singing the words of Aretha Franklin's signature song you make me feel like a natural woman I said okay I'll give up the 14 dollar nachos to go see my niece okay what really matters there's a time in life you've got to determine what really matters And God is saying you are a part of the body and you have to say that is important. It's not secondary, it's not peripheral. God says being a part of the body is important to every one of us. We, we need each other. Right before I go into a prayer moment, I'd like to read Romans 1 and 11, one verse. And I'm going to share with you right now that most of us read this verse, we do not see the significance of this verse in the English. Because there are three pronouns here that give us a misunderstanding or not a complete understanding, probably better put in Romans 1 and 11. Here's what the New Testament says. He said, I long to see you so that I might impart to you some spiritual gift and make you strong. You don't see it in the English. It's found in the original language, the Greek language. But the word you is in the plural. In English, the word you is always in the singular. But in the Greek language, every one of those yous, those pronouns are in the plural. And here it is. God never meant us to live a singular life. God meant us to live a plural life. I long to see you, the body of Christ, so that I might impart to the body of Christ a spiritual gift so the body in Christ will be made strong. We're only made strong. God's intention, God's plan is spiritual health, is a teamwork. Spiritual growth is a teamwork. We need each other. And as I bring this to a closing prayer, I want to identify three categories, and for each category I have a request. I have have an ask to make of you. And as I give the categories, I'm going to invite you to see if you fall in one of these three categories. And if you do, I believe the Holy Spirit has a has an ask to make of us. The first category is those who are new but unconnected. You're new to Westover but you're unconnected. Maybe you came in the last few weeks, last few months, and you're coming, but you're not connected. You're just going to church, but you don't feel like you belong. And for that category, I have this ask of you, and that is attend our new family connect. We had it today. It's going to be every first Sunday of each month. So in April, at either the 10 or the 1145 service, go to the New Family Connect. And our desire for you is to help you connect. I know sometimes it can be difficult and sometimes intimidating. Not intentionally so, but connecting is is not always easy. And we want to do our best for you. And we want to reach out to you and see that you're connected if you're new and unconnected. The second category are those who are attending but unconnected. You come to Westover. You say, this is where I go. You're here today, but you're not connected. And for you, I want to invite you, and it starts next week, our very first rollout, and that is our life group experience. On the second, third, and fourth Sundays of each month in room 100, We're going to have, for three weeks in a row, a live group experience. So you can can get involved in a three-week live group experience and see what live group is because we want to encourage you to connect or create a live group because we know when you're in a live group, you will grow and you'll be strengthened. You'll stand strong. But if you're attending an unconnected, and the big step of starting a life group or getting into one in somebody's home of maybe people you don't know is, is somewhat, somewhat intimidating. Pastor James will be leading the on-campus life group experience. It starts next week. I'm going to invite you to be a part. The third category is the committed but not serving. People that love God. I look out and I see faces and individuals. This church would not be here and could not be here without you. You you, you are the core. You're the committed. You do so much. You're faithful and I commend you. And my heart, my heart is so appreciative of you and your faithfulness. You're committed but but not serving. I'm going to invite you next week to attend our Next Steps class because we want to get you activated in serving for the Lord. Can I just for a moment open up my prayer request? My prayer request is this. God, give Westover 250 additional people that will give 90 minutes a month to the Lord in serving in a Westover ministry. Of the 43,200 minutes God gives you every month, 43,200 minutes every month, God gives to you, giving 90 minutes a month to serve in a Westover ministry. And if you're sensing that pull, you're the committed but not serving To give 90 minutes a month. I'm going to ask you to go to our next step class. It's It's next week. We want to activate you because we believe church matters and there is a need to belong. Now I want to lead us in a prayer moment. And I'm going to ask us in the balcony and main floor across the auditorium if everyone would please bow their head for a moment. Thank you for respecting this moment because I've got an invitation to make. And I always think it's it's, it, it is good protocol to put this most personal question in kind of a private moment with people. You're here and you've never made a commitment to Jesus. You're in church. You could be in church and not know Jesus. And can I say, if you don't know Jesus, you'll never understand church. Church will always seem strange odd indifferent it will always seem like it's a misfit experience for you because it's only jesus and him alone knowing him as savior and lord that makes church feel right to us and i believe there are people that you need to know jesus and i'm going to give you that opportunity you never really made a full wholehearted commitment to serve the lord and if that's you, balcony or main floor, at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you do, just hold it up a minute, because I want to survey the audience. Thank you for just this private moment. You want to know Jesus. One, two, three. How about it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Bless you in the balcony. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. I'm going to ask our prayer team to step forward right now, right away, prayer team. Just join me. You raised your hand. You raised your hand. I believe you meant it. This is your moment. This is your day. This is your experience. It has nothing to do with this church now. It has everything to do with a private, personal commitment to Jesus. But you raised your hand. I'm going to invite you just to step forward. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're not making a spectacle of you. We're going to give you the opportunity to personalize your commitment to Jesus today. You come forward, and somebody in the front is going to pray with you right now. Yes, thank you. The balcony, I have prayer team people in the aisle way now. You raise your hand, just, just stand up and move to where they're at, and they're going to pray with you right now. This is your moment of faith. This is this is a moment we call making new where we personalize, individualize our commitment to Jesus. You didn't raise your hand, but you feel like you need to. Please, Westover, no one leaving. This is an altar. This is an altar. Please respect the anointing. Please respect the anointing and don't walk out in altars. You have a, you didn't raise your hand, but you need to. You know you needed to. You come forward. Somebody will pray with you right now. This is your moment. Yes, sir. There it is. Somebody will pray with you. Yes, ma'am, you come. Just come. Come, it's your moment. Thank you. Now, Father pray in this moment when people are making a decision for Jesus this will be personalized this will become their making new moment I pray God over this house I believe there are many people you want to activate in faith in belonging and connection to see them grow and see them experience and discover God's gifting in their life I pray Lord I pray for the unconnected. I pray for the committed but not serving. That each will feel and sense God's pull for their next step, their next growth moment. Lord, make them fruitful. Let them discover, Lord, when they're they're in need, there's somebody to encourage them. And when somebody else is in need, they can be that blessing to them I pray that for them in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen thank you for being with us today God bless you you're dismissed